Hello and welcome to the Mock Review with Ben and Drew. I'm Ben Garmo. And I'm Drew Evans. Well, Drew, it is officially Orcs season. And Oof. for the first time in two years, we can say we have in-person Orcs results to break down. We are actually recording this on Sunday night, right after AMTA put up all those tab summaries on the website. We've gone through and done our research and broken all of them down. There is so much to talk about, so many fascinating results, so many interesting teams getting through. Uh, We've got half of our Nationals field set. And Drew, I am really looking forward to digging into these results because I feel like even though we've only got four orcs to talk about, there's just so many different storylines. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I mean... It, it is it's so relieving to be past the 10 regional grind and we can really dive into these because there's just you're right there's so much to talk about and there are already so many surprises so many heartbreaks so many cinderella stories be, like building and i i'm i'm just excited to get to break them all down with you but excited to just be able to take our time through them not feel the pressure of the the chess clock winding <laughs> down on us um and yeah i couldn't be more excited about it yeah, I totally agree. Uh, chess clock, you know, not that we always do the greatest of abiding by it anyways, but to the extent that it was in use, it's it's been put away. Um, so we're going to launch into these orcs in just one second, but I did want to do a quick shout out. Uh, when we recorded our regionals week four episode, which by the, if you're listening to this, that's been out for a couple of days. Uh, my AAJ team at Maryland Law was just starting. I think they were literally in round one when we were recording it. Uh, that team decided to just go on a dominant run. They won all five of their trials. They went 3-0 and in the prelims and then uh, dominated in both their semis and their finals. Uh, and they have earned a bid to nationals, which is so exciting for me. Um, it was one of those things where, you know, for I don't want to get too far into the law school world, but there are really two big AMTA style tournaments. There's AAJ and Tyla or NTC, which are regionals to nationals. And since I took over as director, uh, this is the first one of those where we've won our region. Uh, and so it's, it's exciting for me, right? It's the first national level competition uh, where we're going to be, you know, we won our regional and we're going to be headed to nationals. So I'm just super excited for that. I am like barely even, you know, getting my feet under me at the law school level. I have so much to learn there still. But it was really exciting, and I'm just super excited for that team. I don't spend a ton of time on the podcast, like saying, "Hey, Ampta folks out there, you should come to Maryland Law." But you know, I mean, I feel like I would be doing a bad job if I didn't say, you know, we're figuring things out, we're we're winning some trials. So if you're looking for a great place to win some law school rounds, uh, you know, shoot me an email, <laughs> give me a call, and uh, we can talk about it. So there's my shout out, Drew. Thanks for indulging me. Anything on Absolutely. your end before we launch into this? Uh, no, I think I've given most of the, uh, the updates in my world. Um, I'm just looking forward to talking about some orcs. And then hopefully this time next week, um, I will be a very, very happy person instead of a very sad person. <laughs> uh, well, you know, Mock Trial will do that to you one way or the other. We've got exactly. a lot to break down, though. So do you want to take us to sure. Georgia for week one? All right. My home state of Georgia in Atlanta, we had six bids given out starting with Patrick Henry B. That was the A4 team. They had seven wins and a 10.5 CS. Then we had Florida A, our A2, with six wins and an 18.5 CS. Then Patrick Henry A, with our A1 team, with six wins and an 18.5 CS. Then Emory A, that was A3, with six wins and a 15 CS. 
Then Georgia Tech B, our B2 team, with six wins and a 13.5 CS. And then finally, Furman A, which was our C1 team, with five and a half wins and a 17 CS. And a narrow, narrow honorable mention was Emory B, which was B4, with five and a half wins and a 16 CS. Just one CS, the difference between Emory and Furman, and a bid and an honorable mention. Um, I'm going to just start there because that is just heartbreaking. Um, You want to find a way for both teams to be able to go because both of them had tough paths, really impressive showings at times, and and you just, I I wish everyone could get to go. Um, But uh, as many people know, when it comes to um, bids to nationals, the open bid list is not a a place that you want to be on the same way uh, for regionals. So it seems like Furman A will be moving on and Emory B will have to call it there, but um, definitely a very impressive showing out of Emory B. Uh, If you look at their round three, they have a plus 13, minus one versus Arkansas, you know, all it takes is that one ballot switching, and all of a sudden they're in. Um, but definitely a impressive showing out of them from a B team. And then Furman A, I mean, they are our only C group team to have made it out of here. I really think that the C1 spot is a really interesting one, um, and I think that there's a lot of advantages to that. But let's be very clear that it was doing them no favors. They had to do this the hard way. They actually took a ballot off of Patrick Henry A, which... I think everyone can kind of agree was probably the biggest juggernaut here. They were a one for a reason um, and Furman managed to take a ballot. So that's, that's huge. Um, definitely a really, really impressive showing out of them and, and good for them to kind of return to nationals. They were just such a perennially strong program for so long. That's great to see them making that happen. And frankly, their B team did very well uh, too, going five and three, um, you know, definitely strong out of a, a B team and from a D group team, especially going five and three is really not to be, uh, to turn your nose up at. But to just go through some of the other A group teams that didn't make it out, um, we had Florida B, who is A5, and South Carolina A, who is A6. Um, I'll be honest, South Carolina A was a real shock for me. I think that's probably the biggest shock in this whole orcs was that South Carolina didn't make it out. They're just, they've been so, so good this year. And I mean, when you look at it, they, again, they faced Patrick Henry a, they went plus 11 minus one in their round three match with Patrick Henry. I mean, that is a, about as, as close to a win without it being a win as you're going to get against Patrick Henry. Um, And I just, my heart breaks for them because you know how hard they've been working over there. We know a bunch of people um, on the South Carolina team and they're, they're, it just sucks that they didn't get to make it because I think they're really a team that deserved to be there. Um, and then Florida B too. I mean, we talk so much about how deep Florida is, but um, they, you know, their Florida B team had a solid showing four, three and one is not bad, um, but you know, not going to, not going to quite get it there. And it came down to a round three match with Patrick Henry uh, that was Patrick Henry's B team, to be clear, um, but gets swept that round, and it's kind of all she wrote. If you can't win all the rest of them, you're going to be in trouble. Um, okay, I, I've talked enough, Ben. I'll, I'll toss it over to you for what you're seeing over here, because um, definitely a really interesting one that we could probably spend. We could spend all day on any one of these orcs, but I'll toss it to you for now. Yeah, we we definitely could. I am very interested in what the top four teams at this uh, orcs, like sort of looking ahead to nationals, right? So you have, I think, you know, Florida A, Patrick Henry A, and Emory A, all teams who 
I think we all feel like could be there at the end, could certainly <laughs> be threats. Um, I mean, you think about Emery and Patrick Henry, and it wasn't that long ago we had Rhea on the show, and she was talking about how great Patrick Henry was. Um, and then Florida is just perennially such a really, really great team. Uh, so I think what's really interesting to me, and I think this is going to be a trend as we talk about all of these orcs, is separation right now is really mm-hmm. tough. It is a slog to get through. We're going to talk about this more when we get to DC, which is definitely our craziest orcs of the weekend. Um, but, you know, you look at Patrick Henry, they're one of very, very few programs. I, I can only think of two this weekend um, who got two teams through. Uh, it is so hard to get two teams through to nationals. I think it's even harder this year when you have the new orcs pairing system, I guess it's not as new anymore, but the moderately new orcs pairing system and uh, two ballots at orcs on like three last year. And we're back in person, but we're wearing masks. Mm-hmm. So it's just, there's it's so much uh, in terms of difficulty for differentiating. The one other thing that I'll mention, because uh, you, know, you and I have said before, that there are some regions of the country we don't know as much about or we don't have as much experience with. And of course, you know, going down south, our teams don't go down there as often. I totally agree with what you said about South Carolina. They had a very interesting uh, path. I mean, you were talking about the Patrick Henry round, but then I was just looking at the tab summary here, and their round four was a plus five, minus three against UT Chattanooga. And they're kind of two programs who I feel like they're Southern programs who have come up over the last maybe five, six, seven years uh, and really become really, really great teams. And it, it kind of sucks to see both of them essentially split I don't think if, if UT Chattanooga had won both, I still don't think it would have been quite enough, but essentially kind of knock each other out. Uh, and that's that's hard to see. So I pretty much agree with the rest of your analysis here. Certainly noteworthy to see Patrick Henry be at the top of this list. Obviously, you know, we played them in round four at Nationals last year, so not surprised at all to see them continue to have uh, some success. Although, am I correct in remembering, is Patrick Henry B because Patrick Henry C got like a bid or an open bid or, or something like that. I seem to remember maybe Patrick Henry B didn't get a direct bid. I'm not sure. I feel like that that sounds right. And someone I'm sure will correct us if we're wrong about that. Yeah. I'm not sure off the top of my head, but, but either way, Patrick Henry is such a deep and strong program. So oh, I think sure. that's basically everything here. And I will certainly be keeping an eye on uh, the top three teams if you include Patrick Henry A and B sort of together, the top three programs. And then, of course, Tech. We haven't talked a lot about Tech with their B team getting through instead of their A. Uh, Not surprising at all to see Tech back at Nationals. Maybe a little bit surprising to see the B getting the bid instead of A. Yeah, that's what the thing I was about to mention, actually, is just I think that there is some, uh, you know, just an impressive for that B team to get through and then some surprise when it's the B instead of the A team getting through. Um, but, you know, Georgia Tech is such a solid program that it's really not that surprising. But I was just going to comment that I think Tech has kind of the the path that I think is the easiest way to get through. And that is you sweep your D round, you sweep your C round, you sweep your B round. And then when you face Patrick Henry A in the last round, you say, we're going to do the best we can. And if you lose both, you still go six and two. Yeah. Um, and look, I mean, that's that's the way to do it, guys. Like they they got it done. And when they face teams that they were better than, they beat them. Um, and I really think that that's, that's what the whole point of this system is. If you are the best, if you are better than your B, C, and D opponents, you can make it through. You don't have to win every single round. You know, I'm sure we're going to talk about this later, but 
if you go six and two so far, you will make it. And that's a pretty important and significant thing to be aware of. Um, a couple of things that I was just going to mention as well, um, just kind of a you know real incredible round was specifically Vanderbilt um, in their fourth round with uh, with sorry Patrick Henry B. Um, you know Patrick Henry B. Again getting first, very impressive. But that last round was a plus one plus one with oh. Vanderbilt, oh. and I mean. Dang, like that is just so close. And Vanderbilt, of course, went four and four um, with a, by the way, with a 21 CS, a very impressive showing out of Vanderbilt. But I mean, you just got to be like to think that it's so close, you know, just two points on on two ballots and then you're there. Um, it is just so narrow and, and so close. Um, and the only other thing I just wanted to mention that just kind of in looking at the tab report was jumping out to me was I'm kind of trying to keep aware of high CSs just because with this new system, um, and I call it new, I mean, we've had it for a few years now, but it still feels pretty new to me. I feel like the whole point was to kind of avoid having the the crazy high CSs that we sometimes would see. And um, I think the highest CS that I've seen yet is what U- University of Central Florida had. Um, now, they went one in seven. So granted, if you're not winning a lot of ballots, that is going to have the effect of you know, you will have a higher CS because your opponents will have one more. But they had a CS of 22 and a half, which is definitely pretty high and pretty noteworthy. Um, and the highest I've seen that I can remember with this new system. So I'm just trying to keep aware of that and and kind of earmark those um, for us. But just some interesting things to keep aware of. But um, Ben, if anything else you're noticing before you move us to the next one? No, I think we've pretty much covered it. This was a very interesting orcs, and I just feel like a lot of these teams are going to be teams who make deep runs at nationals. So unless you have anything else, I can go ahead and take us to uh, Washington, D.C. You know, while we were just talking, I just wanted to to do my due diligence and check, and Patrick Henry B. did, in fact, go 4-4. Four and four. They were at Regional 3-H, so they went 4-4, four and four, and they were not the Patrick Henry team that earned that second bid. So just to, to follow back on what Ben had mentioned, you're right, it was the B team that didn't get the straight-through bid, so not sure whether that was a different team that was then representing Patrick Henry B or if it was the same team on a war path after not making it out of regionals, but um, definitely good memory on your part, Ben, that that is the case. So with that, go ahead and take us forward. Well, it's nice to know when, when the fact checker <laughs> pops in, that it's not to be like, Hey, you screwed up. Um, right. <laughs> so we avoided one. We avoided a uh, one bad review there. Your nine lives. Uh, if you were a cat in your nine lives you're down to eight. <laughs> All right, I'll take it. Um, okay, so let's go ahead and go to our second orcs, and that is Washington, D.C. Six bids in order were Virginia A, that's our A2 team. They had six and a half wins and a 16 CS. Washington and Lee A, they were the B3 team, six wins and a 19 and a half CS. Dickinson A, they were the B4 team, six wins and an 18 and a half CS. Howard A, they were the B2 team, six wins and a 15 and a half CS. Virginia B, they were the A6 team, six wins and a 13 CS. And then finally, American B, they were the D1 team with five and a half wins and a 16 and a half CS. Our one honorable mention here directly behind their counterparts is American A. They were our C2 team with five and a half wins and a 14 and a half CS. Um, we we generally try to keep this podcast clean, so I'm not going to use the exact word that I'm thinking of to describe this regional, but this or this orcs, uh, but this orcs was nuts. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. You said <laughs> so. So just a couple noteworthy things. One of the group groupings you didn't hear me mention a lot in those six teams was the A group because we only had one program get out of the A group. UVA A and UVA B were our two A group teams. Uh, Wesleyan, George Washington, William and Mary, and Maryland all didn't get out of the A group. Wow. Um, that's in in addition when you add on to the fact that Howard's bid comes from an open bid from I think their C team. And yeah. then you have Dickinson, and then you have American B just edging out American A. I mean, this is just a crazy orcs. This is just, you know, and the highest uh, margin was six and a half. So you mm-hmm. actually only had one win difference between the top team and the first honorable mention team. Uh, you know, the top seven teams were all within a ballot of each other, uh, which really just shows uh, the the strength of all of these uh, programs here. Uh, I definitely want to note just sort of domination from UVA to to be the only team to get two teams out and the only A group teams. Uh, I certainly don't think it's a coincidence to see uh, UVA, you know, really skyrocketing when we're back in person. Not that they were bad at virtual. They certainly weren't. But their in-person presence is just so commanding and so powerful. Uh, They're just hard to beat. And, you know, they just have that level of polish and preparation. So not surprised to see that at all. Uh, I hate to talk about this next thing, but Wesleyan, um, Mm -hmm. just your classic, they're one point away. They went five and three in their last round, round four. um, And I have the the tab summary in front of me here. Um, Let's just pull this up to make sure. Yeah, Wesleyan round four, they went plus 14, minus one uh, against 1626 Brown. If that minus one becomes a tie, they get to five and a half and they edge out American B for that last bid. Um, Mm. You know, both of us are friends with the folks at Wesleyan. Nat Warner's a friend of the pod. The last thing in the world I feel like doing is, is discussing that, but you know, obviously we're going to talk about all the results. Wesleyan's an amazing program. They're so good. So talented. They just have this, this professional understated and yet powerful style. Um, And, and it's disappointing not to see them at nationals. And that's not to suggest that any of the teams from the non a group who got through are not deserving. Washington and Lee is consistently a great team um, fighting for nationals bid Dickinson. We've talked about being on the rise. Howard's an amazing program. Americans an amazing program who's sort of roaring back onto the scene. Um, but just a tough, tough result for Wesleyan, a team that I think no one could really argue that they're not one of the best 48 teams in the country it's a bummer that they're not going to be at nationals. Uh, Drew, I talked about a fair amount of stuff here, so I'll turn it over to you. What else did you notice here in DC? Yeah, I, I don't want to dwell too much on Wesleyan just because it it really is a heartbreaker. I mean, I think that what is so hard about it is that this was a program that, look, they were a program that just was ridiculously impressive and ridiculously deep and had just so much talent in their younger members. And this was the year that it was a bunch of seniors. They were really seeming strong and it just sucks that they didn't make it through. And it it doesn't feel fair, but um, it, it really is brutal. And I think that, you know, again, we could talk about any of these teams. GW has been so consistently making it to nationals lately. They're not going back. 
William and Mary, which Ben, we talked about them last time, how great and how nice of a program that is. Not going to go back. Maryland A, which everyone's been talking about how great Maryland A has been, how much on the rise they've been getting back to the Maryland greatness. They're not going back. I mean, both their teams did phenomenally. Four, three, and one, and five, and three. Great showings. Not enough to make it back to nationals. And it just, it is, it, it sucks because I wish the more of these programs could be going because I feel like they deserve it. I feel like they're great. They're good competitors. And it, it sucks to not get to see them at that next level. Um, I guess that the, the, we can talk about the other side of this, which is that some programs that we haven't heard as much are getting to go, which is, is great. Um, you know, Dickinson, I think is probably the, the big surprise for me from this one. Um, you know, just hadn't hadn't really thought that they were going to make it to nationals yet this year, but they've definitely been a program on the rise. So glad to see them, you know, kind of put that together into a nationals caliber run. And, you know, like we've said before, they kind of did it the way that I think is the easiest way to do it. You win all of the rounds that you can. Um, and then if you just get swept one round, that happens. Um, interestingly enough, their sweep actually wasn't in their A round, but it was their B round. They got swept by Washington and Lee and their A round. Dickinson was actually able to win um, against William and Mary. They swept that round and that was a four and two versus a four and two. You know, the winner gets out and it was Dickinson. Um, You know, you mentioned UVA and how strong they've been, but I actually want to talk about American um, and, and how strong their program looked, you know, Obviously, their B team getting the bid on that CS tiebreaker is very impressive for them. But the fact of the matter is that the the difference between American and UVA, to your point, was a half bid for one team and a full win, or a half win for one team and a full win for the other. I mean, that's a, a, a minuscule difference that we're talking about at the end of the day. Um, so really, really impressive out of American to have both of their teams be so, so strong and so close. Um, and then I just want to quickly mention that we talked so much about Howard um, at regionals, how surprising it was that their A team hadn't done better, that their B team then didn't get a bid, and how glad we were that they did eventually get a team that was uh, that got an open bid. And they showed why. I mean, they they had a great showing. Going 6-2 and two is super impressive, and I'm glad to see Howard making it back to nationals and showing that that's where they belong. Um, definitely um, not a surprise to me. They are just such a good program, and I'm glad to see it. But man, I mean this this regional, it's hard, or this orcs, it's hard for the story not to be about uh, so many teams that just aren't going. They just feel so shocking. Um, it just it sucks. It really really is awful that some of these programs aren't going to get to go. Um, and I think again, you know, Ben and I try not to be overly biased towards teams that we're familiar with and know, but it just, it's tough because these are programs that we, we know so well and how good and how hard those programs work. So it's, it's definitely a tough one to see. Yeah. And, and it's, it's an interesting balance when we're talking about it because I am genuinely thrilled for a program like Dickinson. Um, we've gotten to know their program just a little bit. And, uh, you were trying to set up a pre-orc scrimmage at one point and just schedules couldn't align. Uh, and they have been working so hard. They are a program that has just really, you know, had such a, a meteoric rise over the last several years. Um, not that they were ever like a bad program or anything, but, but they definitely weren't a program that people were thinking about, uh, for a nationals bid. Um, and I see they're ranked 87th right now. You have to think that that number is going to, going to climb pretty fast, which Mm -hmm. is very exciting for them. 
And, you know, you look at, like you said, programs like George Washington and Maryland, traditional Northeast or sort of DMV type powers who just weren't able to get through this year. Uh, and it's certainly a surprising uh, set of results in that regard. Um, Washington and Lee has been definitely having some strong results. They're a team that I would say I'm keeping my eye on, uh, mm-hmm. as well as I totally agree with what you were saying about American. We talked about them when we did our regionals breakdowns, uh, but to see them you know, not be that far off from possibly having two bids if one or two ballots flip one way or the other. Uh, it's just a really, really impressive showing from them. Uh, I think we've pretty much hit everything here. The rest of this regional, uh, you had a lot of B teams from uh, some of the programs that we've already discussed. Uh, I'm just kind of glancing through here, and, and I think we've basically talked about each of these teams. I completely agree with what you said about Howard, and I don't think anyone should read into their regionals results that they're not a team that uh, you know you shouldn't fear at nationals because I certainly think that their in-person presence is so powerful yeah, and so dynamic. Yeah. It'll be really interesting to see uh, what happens with them at nationals. Uh, anything else you see here, Drew? And if not, I think you can take us to Memphis. No, but I, I think that that last point you made is a really good one, and it's an interesting one. And I, I think you, know, you mentioned about UVA and about Howard. I really think that um, part of the story of these orcs is people that have gotten used to to virtual mock trial and the adjustment back to in-person and also the teams that kind of have always been known for that strong in-person presence. The fact that Patrick Henry got both of their teams through um, when we just talked about um, their, their regional or their work, sorry, you know, they're another team that I kind of think of as being a really strong in-person presenting team and, you know, Howard and UVA, like you said, are art teams like that as well. And I kind of wonder if this is a trend where those programs that are historically really, really strong in-person presenters are going to kind of get a little bit of a boost while everyone else is kind of playing catch up to figure back out how to do in-person mock trial. But um, to move us right along to the Memphis Orcs, um, we also had six bids there, um, starting with a um, amazingly exciting thing that we're going to talk about a ton in a second, but <laughs> Dillard A, our D5 team with seven and a half wins and a 15 and a half CS. Then Rhodes A, our A5 team with seven wins and a 16 and a half CS. Then Duke A, our A1 with six and a half wins and a 12 and a half CS. Then Georgia A, our A6 team with six wins and an 18 and a half CS. Then Northwestern A, our A3 team with six wins and a 16 and a half CS. And finally rounding it out was Texas A, our B3 team with six wins and a 15 and a half CS. All right. So let's, let's take it from the top. Dillard A. <laughs> I mean, it's, I gotta say, I think there is something to this podcast. We have a knack for like predicting, you know, I don't know. Like I remember when we we had Jonathan Kwong, we've had Sonali on, and then both of them had their phenomenal TBC runs. Um, and then you know after the first regional, we're like, oh, let's let's get someone from Dillard on here, and then look at what they go and do. Like I'm just so elated for them. It was so great um, to get to chat with them, and, and I'm just like, oh my gosh. I mean, what could be better than an unranked team? Not just not just getting through to nationals, but getting the first bid out of their regional or out of their orcs, going seven and a half wins. And let's be clear, this was not like, uh, oh, they kind of got a lucky path. Their first round was against Northwestern A. 
I mean, Northwestern A is arguably one of the most fearsome teams, if not the most fearsome team, in this Orcs, and Dillard goes and gets both. Northwestern would then go on to win every other round they had, would beat their C team, would beat their B, would beat their A, but they couldn't beat Dillard. And man, I mean, that is just so cool for Dillard um, to have won that round. And I'm just, again, I, I mean, it is just so exciting and so cool. And there's a ton of other things to talk about, but I just, I can't get over it. I'm so happy for Dillard. <laughs> um, so while I'm trying to calm down from this, Ben, I'll toss it over to you. Please talk about some other things because there's a lot of interesting things going on here. Um, and, and I'm sure we should get to them. Yeah, I absolutely will. I echo everything you said about Dillard. As soon as I heard that result, that result sort of got passed through the community and I heard it from a couple of different places. And it's just a great story, um, you know, even just through week one with Dillard A and Howard A both making it through. We're going to have two historically black colleges representing uh, their schools at nationals, even just through week one, which is a really important and exciting thing to see in our community. Uh, but I will go ahead and move on and talk about some of these other teams because the next team on this list is certainly noteworthy, and that's Rhodes A. You know, we talk about teams that are motivated, that are, you know, really driven to get a certain result. I'm not sure there's been a more motivated team in the history of AMTA than Rhodes A this year, given, you know, how their season ended last year and just the just a brutal, you know, schedule and, and, and results that they had to end up not getting to nationals mm-hmm. and breaking that national streak. Uh, I would not want to be in the way of Rhodes, particularly, we haven't really discussed this on the podcast yet, but the absolutely insane turnaround from the end of Orcs and the release of the new case, I believe this year it's like uh, like 16 or 17 days. It is two and a half weeks yeah. uh, between, like I'm just looking at my calendar here. So the uh, the last day of Orcs is this, you know, this coming Sunday, the 20th. And then Nationals gavels in on the 8th. So it's essentially two and a half weeks, give or take a day or two. Just a crazy turnaround. Programs like Rhodes with veteran experience, experience competing at the highest levels, and so much in-person knowledge and access to resources. I could see, you know, the year after Rhodes doesn't make Nationals could be the years the year that Rhodes wins their next title. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, after that, we don't have a ton of other shocking results here uh going down the list you've got duke a georgia a northwestern a and texas a uh those first three teams are all a group teams and then texas is an is a high b group team the only a group teams not to get out of here uh, are duke b which although duke b is a very very good team i i don't know how if i would say that's shocking maybe surprising but, but not like a stunning result because they're a B team. And then Florida State A was the only other A group team not to get through. Uh, you also had a pretty strong divide here. The only, so you had the, the last bid at six. And then the only team above five or at five or above was Alabama B, but they were three and three going into round four. So they weren't really threatening for a bid. So this there's a pretty clear divide between the teams that got through and the teams that didn't. Uh, I think similar to the ones we've talked about, especially when we talked about Atlanta, uh, looking at Rhodes, Duke, Georgia, Northwestern, I mean, any one of those teams could end up in the final round, and and Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Uh, Georgia is such a historically great team that, if I recall correctly, missed out on nationals very narrowly last year. I know we played their B team in round four at Orcs, and their B team was phenomenal. Uh, So... I just think that there are some really, really good teams. I certainly have my eye on Duke. Uh, They have some of my favorite competitors in the country. They're smart. 
They're clever. They play a really clean, really cerebral style of mock trial. And, and you know, they would be in that top group for me if, if I had to place bets right now. So very strong orcs here. And I think with the exception of Dillard shocking the world, there wasn't a whole lot else here that I would classify as especially surprising. Yeah, I think I agree. I mean, you talked about um, the A-group teams that didn't make it out in Duke B and Florida State A. Uh, Florida State A, you know, had kind of a very impressive comeback year um, last year. When you look at their their ballots, they were actually a lot closer than you realize. You know, all of their losses were by less than three points. They've got a tie, a loss by two, another tie, a loss by two, and a loss by three. So those are all really, really close, you know, could have gone either way. Um, but, you know, I think that Florida State was probably one of the weaker A-group teams if I had to had to choose. And really not that much against Florida State. They're just in a, you know, brutal A-group. So not quite as surprising um, but yeah, I think we really covered this one. Like I said, the story of this one was really Dillard and how exciting it is for them. We didn't really talk about it that much because I kind of mentioned it when I talked about Dillard, but I'll just shout out Northwestern here as well. I mean, how awful is it to be an A-group team and, you know, run into a buzzsaw in your first round and and face what I'm assuming is just the the giant of all giants in Dillard and and to drop both of those and then say, holy cow, We've got to be perfect through our C, B, and A rounds. And that's exactly what they do. And if you look at their results, they were not, they were, they were making sure that there was no doubt in anyone's mind. They were winning by double digits on five of those six ballots. Um, you know, their only remotely close one was against Duke B, where they went plus 13, plus five in their fellow A group match. But yeah, I mean, Northwestern was not taken prisoners after that. So good for them for, for making it out. Again, just such a strong program. And you mentioned that they're a team that could be in it at the end. And I couldn't agree more. Um, and definitely good for them to see that. But yeah, I, I agree with what you were saying, though, Ben, about how the uh, there's a, such a big divide between the six that got out and the next teams. And honestly, like that is the way this is intended. I'm I would way rather see those results than, you know, the tiebreaker results that poor Emory and Furman had, um, or, or even American had between their two teams. So, you know, definitely you like to see it when there's a very clear six teams, they're moving on, they're happy, everyone else should be proud of how they did, but there was the top six. Um, all right, with that, Ben, you want to take us to our last one? Yeah, I will say one thing, and then I'm going to take us to L.A. for our last one. And that's I want to talk just briefly about the path that UT Austin had. Mm. Um, I think we've, we've talked about it a little bit, but uh, they did kind of what you described. They won their B, C, and D groups, and then uh, they they got swept in round four by Georgia. But that gave them a 6-2 record, and they comfortably got out. Uh, given that we talked just a little while ago about how South Carolina is not going to be at nationals, about how UT Chattanooga is not going to be at nationals, uh, Texas is certainly a very interesting team uh, for me. I'm just looking through here. Uh, they were, uh, let's see, where are they on their yeah, so They're the B3 group, and yeah. they're rated 63rd. Uh, yeah. And I just think that they're a team that I kind of have my eye on. Part of it's because I got to see their B team. They played my B team. And I was very impressed. And so I think that they're a program with some depth and, and some talent. Uh, and they're not a team uh, that, you know, I mean, we talk about them. They're very good. But, you know, maybe they're a team that could take a step forward uh, this year. Although it looks like maybe they have a little bit of a ceiling since Georgia uh, A seemed to handle them relatively effectively in round four. But just a, just an interesting path there. 
Uh, with that said, let's go ahead and move to our fourth and final orcs of week one. Let's go ahead and head out west to the absolute massacre that was the <laughs> Los Angeles, California orcs. Uh, I <laughs> I was saying to Drew as we um, uh, as we were uh, getting ready to do this episode, you look through this list and it's all of these California teams and then uh, the fighting uh, Fordham Rose Hills. Uh, and I just were very curious kind of how they, they ended up there, but good for them. They got to take a trip out to L.A. Uh, so let's take a look at our six bids here. Uh, our six bids in order, we start with our only undefeated team of the weekend, and that was the University of Southern California A. That's our B5 team, eight wins and a 15 CS. Uh, next, we had Stanford A, our A2 team, seven and a half wins and a 15 and a half CS. Next, we had Cal Poly San Luis Obispo A. That's our C1 team, six and a half wins and an 18 and a half CS. UCLA A, our A1 team, six wins and a 20 and a half CS. UC Santa Barbara A, that's our A6 team, six wins and a 14 and a half CS. And then UC Irvine A, uh, that's our A3 team, five and a half wins and a 12 and a half CS. Uh, there's an easy, immediate, jumps off the page result here. Mm-hmm. And that's Southern California A sweeping UCLA A in round four to be our only undefeated team in week four. Uh, I think that would qualify as a shocker, and I think the folks at Southern California would understand that's not a shot at them. They had an extremely, extremely impressive weekend. But when you go uh, you know, into the Los Angeles Orcs in person and you sweep UCLA, consistently one of the best teams in the country, uh, that, is, that is a very, very impressive performance. The one thing I will note, and I have no doubt that both of these teams are trying as hard as possible. Both teams were 6-0 going into that round. And so, as we've said, 6 was good enough for a bid. And so I think, I don't know if either or both teams were blind or what they do, but both teams pretty much were through by that point. But great job by Southern California, making sure there's no doubt. They're a team that has had a lot of success. They've gotten some lower, you know, some lower numbered teams uh, in their program through in, in, in other regionals. And so they're certainly a team that I have my eye on in terms of how they're going to perform when they have to come over to the East Coast uh, to Lancaster for Nationals. Uh, One or two other notes here. We already talked about UCLA. Other than that sweep by USC, uh, they pretty much comfortably got through the rest. They didn't really have... uh, They had a couple of ballots that were like plus four, plus five. But in their A group round, they swept UC Santa Barbara, which was UC Santa Barbara's only losses. Uh, Stanford... Definitely worth noting. Seven and a half wins. A very, very import, impressive performance. Uh, you know, I, I think I don't have to say why we're all really rooting for Stanford this year, but uh, it's not like they need any help. They're just this incredible juggernaut program that should just be really proud of their results. Their only blemish, they went seven and a half, and their only blemish was a plus 25 and tie against the Cal Poly slow team that then went six and a half and also got a bid out. So a very, very strong, impressive performance from Stanford. Certainly a team that I have my eye on as well. Uh, Drew, anything else here? I know that there's so many UC teams and so many things to talk about here. So I'll turn it over to you for anything that I didn't discuss. Sure. So I think I'd love to actually start where you were just talking about, which is Cal Poly Slow. Um, They're such a fascinating program because I remember when I was competing – they had just made it to nationals like back-to-back years. Um, my like sophomore and, and I think it was my freshman and sophomore year, they made it back-to-back. And then they kind of slumped off for a few years. 
um, you know, didn't even make it to Oryx for a little while. And it's great to see them. Again, they made it to Oryx last year, and now they're making it back to Nationals again. So I'm hoping that they can kind of build that consistency. I remember that we actually ended up facing them once in a round, and they were such nice, friendly people. Um, and it was such a fun round. And it's great to see them getting back. Um, really exciting for them. And, you know, you mentioned that tie. But look, at the end of the day, they won every other ballot they had. So, you know, if, if that's all this is about, guys. You just got to win your B, C, and D round and then hope for the best in your A round. And you know what? Hoping for the best sometimes means a tie and a minus 25, and that's all good. <laughs> um, but other than that, I think there were a couple of, of surprises here. Just I think UC San Diego not making it out. Um they were a really solid program. I mean, just looking at the power rankings, they're 29th. They were our A4 team. Um, and, I mean, look, they – I don't know what happened to them that first day, but in their D and C group matches, they got swept in both of them. Um, those were the USC, um, Southern California B, and Fordham Rose Hill. And, look, like, you just can't afford to to lose those rounds. Um, and certainly not both of them, but just after that first day – San Diego's done. And it's crazy because, I mean, in their A and B rounds that are supposed to be the tougher ones, um, you know, they face UC Irvine A, who is making it through, who's a solid team, split that round. And then they're facing Arizona State. Um, I think that was Arizona State B, um, who is a B-ranked team. I mean, a solid team. And they sweep them. So, I mean, it's not that UC San Diego isn't good. I just... It was definitely a surprising result for them what happened on that first day. And then the other A group team to not make it out was UCLA B. Um, you know, look, UCLA is a few, is one of the very few programs where we could ever be like, oh, wow, their B team didn't make it to nationals. That's a bit surprising. Um, they're just that deep and that good usually. But their B team had a solid showing, um, just kind of ran into the Stanford buzzsaw in their third round and got swept. Then had a couple of splits other than that. Um, you know, there were close splits. Their round one was a plus 10 minus one. Their round four was a plus nine minus two. But that's, you know, that's all it takes. You, if you're not convincingly winning your other rounds and you're going to lose that A round, that's, that's all it takes to, to eliminate you at this point. It's just getting real competitive and real tough. But, um, definitely a, I think on the whole, uh, all things considered probably the least surprising so far. Of these, maybe I'm, you know, it's close between them and a few of the others, but I didn't think there were any like crazy, crazy shockers. Um, and, and, you know, that's not to say that the teams that didn't make it, none of them were any good, but I just think the teams at the top there were, you know, Stanford, UCLA, Santa Barbara, Irvine, you know, those are, those are programs that we would expect to see at nationals and have been hearing their names a lot. I agree with everything you said about University of Southern California. Um, they have been just crazy, crazy good this year. I don't know what they put in the water down there all of a sudden, but to sweep UCLA in that round is crazy impressive and really exciting for them. And if they weren't a team that you were watching to be in it towards the end, they just got your attention because you know UCLA was. And if they're sweeping UCLA, well, dang, it's it's uh, scary to think who who they can't beat. Um, so definitely I'm I'm keeping my eye on them. Just one like kind of funny thing that I'll just mention about them. Their rounds one, two, and three 
each of their ballots were plus three, plus seven, plus three, plus seven, plus three, plus seven. So I don't know what it is that they have, but I just thought that was kind of funny. And then it seems like UCLA, they figured something out and had a plus seven, plus five. So clearly they they changed something that round four to make it happen. But uh, just kind of a funny results for them. I feel like that would almost look like a typo if, if you know, if you weren't looking closely. Um, but definitely, look, so, so excited for them and excited to see what they are able to put together. And other than that, I think this is a, a mostly scratch, like I was kind of saying. It's it's so funny you point out the the margins. I just like I think if if my team went eight and zero and and in each round we had a ballot one by seven, like I'd be like, all right guys, we're going to play the Powerball. Like, right. like, <laughs> like I'm gonna go like just play the lotto. Like we're just we're gonna go you know go to the casino or something. Like that's that's wild. And to go eight and zero, I mean, glad you pointed this out with eight single digit ballots to just mm-hmm. kind of walk on that wire again. Not suggesting they they weren't a great team, but I, I think my last thought on this orcs is who knows but i feel mm-hmm. like when you get these types of matchups when you get the usc versus ucla like this 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 round that, that we're really paying attention to i feel like it's not uncommon to see a rematch at nationals and that could be fun uh that oh, could yeah. be a lot oh, of fun yeah. in a round two you know a, a high high round two or something to see a rematch uh you know with with these two california powers and grant keener's lancaster pennsylvania judges uh <laughs> you just you never know what's going to happen under those circumstances. So bottom line, Drew, is I think we had some really, really interesting results. Uh, I feel like sort of the theme of this uh, weekend is the powers, like the, the big name powers are still who they are, right? The, yep. the, the yep. folks that we expect to be there at the end. I don't really think there's anyone who didn't make it this weekend, maybe with the exception of Wesleyan. Um who uh, I felt like, okay, that's a team that really, really had a shot. And even Wesleyan was like, okay, they're they're in that conversation. But if you're thinking at like the Rhodes and the Dukes and the Patrick Henrys and, and those top 10 teams, um, I know Rhodes isn't in the top 10, but everyone understands how good they are. I, I think, you know, the, those teams are all headed to nationals and it'll be really interesting to see how things go. So I am very intrigued to see what week two brings. Of course, we're competing in week two, uh, hoping to to join the rest of this field in Lancaster after next weekend. And uh, we just really appreciate everyone listening. These Orcs uh, preview or these Orcs reviews are always really fun to dig into these results and just get a sense of what's going on all around the country. And we'll get a chance next week to do four more of them. Uh, Drew, any other thoughts on Orcs week one before we wrap this episode up? Yeah, I think I would I would add um, University of South Carolina to to your point about the kind of the surprising teams. Yeah, um, the teams fair. I think could have been at the end. But I, I agree with most of what you were saying. I, I definitely agree that on the whole, this was kind of the top team staying at the top um, with those couple of exceptions. And I'll just close by saying, look, I mean – this is both a really exciting time for some teams, but also a really sad time for a lot of people. Um, if your season just ended, you know, I, I, I can only say that I've been there and I know how much it sucks to get eliminated at orcs, especially when you feel like you've been working really hard. But, um, you know, it's, it's, just, it, it sucks. This is, I think, one of the, the hardest tournaments of the year. And everyone talks about how much they dread it because, 24 teams come in hopeful and six teams leave happy. Um, and that, that's not a great feeling. And I just hope that people can, can be excited to at least have gotten to, to do some in-person mock trial. Um, you know, 
making it to orcs should never be understated. That is a huge, impressive accomplishment. And look, obviously everyone wants to make it to nationals, but um, I, I just hope that people can can walk away from this weekend still with their head held high. It's just, I know it's a tough time for a lot of people, but uh, yeah, I, I'm excited for the teams that made it through and for the teams that don't. We're thinking of you. I'm sure you did a wonderful job and I'm, I'm sorry that you're not able to move on. And I'm sure I will be, you know, feeling very similarly next weekend when we talk about the next week's results. But it's just always been in my mind, and I know it's a hard time for people. Yeah, I think that's a good sentiment to wrap up on. This is, you know, we've been doing this podcast for several years now. We've talked about a lot of orcs, and uh, it's hard. It's it's really, really hard. I think about all of the seniors who, who ended their mock trial careers mm-hmm. this weekend. But, you know, it's easy to kind of, just uh kind of dispose of the the rhetoric that oh just getting to orcs is a huge accomplishment but it really is think about all the great teams we talked about that didn't get through to orcs Mm -hmm. and so to go there and to have the accomplishments that you did if you're one of those teams is genuinely impressive and something that you should really be proud of well i think that's all that we have for this episode thank you as always to everyone for listening it is a pleasure to be with you to break down these orcs we will have our orcs week two episode out soon after we get those results next weekend and then we've got a nationals case to break down uh, you know just less than a week away i feel like uh it was yesterday that we had amanda mundell on to talk about last year's case and pretty soon we're going to get a brand new nationals case we're going to say goodbye to Dakota Sutcliffe and say hello to whoever is coming onto the scene. And we're going to have so much to talk about. Thank you as always for listening. We appreciate all of you for being with us until we talk to you again. This has been the mock review with Ben and Drew. 